Ladies and gentlemen, it is live. The registration for our February 4th and 5th meet, 3SB, Third Street Barbell here in Sacramento, California, is hosting a USAPL meet extravaganza with the boys at game day. Um, we are probably 60% full right now. So if you want to get involved, uh, beginners, advanced, it doesn't matter. We have a bunch of people doing their first meet ever. We have a bunch of pro powerlifters that already signed up. So check it out. It's going to be a good time. Um, best options, probably discord. You can go to usapl.com schedule, but best options, probably discord. So 50% facts.com. There's a discord link there. Join our discord and the link is in there. You can ask questions in there. Uh, shout out to Joe Stanek, who's been schmobbing all over discord, answering everyone's questions about the meet, um, and competing in in general um we're in there chatting but yeah go join that check it out and uh we'll see you in february that actually uh hits on a, a thing one i wanted to talk about today and that was a question um our 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 avi here our our trainer here at uh, third street who is a um pro power lifter she finished top five at, at usapl nationals um did a an anonymous um, uh, Q and A. Yeah, and one of the questions I'm I'm pre- going to paraphrase here. Basically, the person said that they had wanted to sign up for the meet, but then they saw some of the people that they that were competing, and it's their first meet, and they're worried about what their performance is going to look like versus other people. Yeah. And what I want to say to them is that if you are going to be a competitive power lifter, you need to let go of that now. You need to let go of that feeling now. I think that, they said it was their first meet, right? Yeah, first meet. Yeah. Even I mean, it's like if if you're going to wait to compete until your numbers are good, you could be waiting for a long time. And guess how your numbers get good when you put the pressure on yourself to create structure around your training. And and actually peak at a particular point for a meet. And well, if everyone waited, there would be no powerlifting. Exactly, there wouldn't be a sport. And then two, like winning at powerlifting. No offense to anyone out there that loves powerlifting, but it's so meaningless because yeah. it's based on who shows up. Yeah, and that's exactly. why nationals are a thing. That's why IPFs a thing. That's right. why these paid meets are a thing. Um, because then you're more likely to know who's going to show up. But for any meet, whether it's your first, second, or even tenth meet, um, I would choose. Uh, somewhere you want to visit. I would mm-hmm. choose uh, a cool squad uh, if your friends are doing it. Mm-hmm. I would choose, yeah, the, the the gym location if it's close to you and you don't have money to travel, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many other factors in choosing a meet to compete in. You're, you're scheduling with your coach and your timing of life, right? If you're going on vacation in January, maybe this February meet isn't for you. Right. Um, things like that come so much before. I've never looked at a roster in my life when I've signed up for a meet. To see who was on it, yeah, and like this lifting cast that the you know the software we use or the website we use is super nice and and open book and and simple, but like a lot of meets you can't see the roster until yeah. the coach post or the meet director posts it. And I've just literally never looked; it's never crossed my mind. We're hosting a USA USPA meet here on Sunday, this coming Sunday, the eleventh. I have no idea who's lifting in this yeah. meet, and Nobody, we could find we, out, but. But but we haven't asked because yeah. it's not that important, and I don't think that I think there's a really good chance that other people haven't asked either. You know. Yeah. No, I think uh, Jim's right. You got to get your feet wet, and then hypothetically, say your numbers were the best. This is your, you've never competed, and your numbers were the best. That's on the roster. They're not the best. To you put it down on the platform. Right. It's like you you have no numbers. It doesn't matter. Like Jim said, you have to get the experience, the platform experience, the environment experience. 
the the equipment experience not everyone trains on on powerlifting style equipment um and i don't mean to demean your feelings by any means you're 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 100 valid in feeling that way um wanting to do the best and you wanting to win is a great attribute um but that's like saying like oh i've shot some free throws in the backyard yeah i probably don't want to join a league till the lakers sign me like, well, right. the Lakers aren't going to sign you, right? Like, basketball and these other sports are built in a way that you do some rec stuff when you're in third grade. Then in fifth grade, if you're good, you join an AAU team. Then you're playing high school. Then you're playing college. Like, there's a ramp up for it, so you've competed your whole life. But that rec league in third grade is equivalent to this meet. And that's right. not to demean our meet either, but that's just how it goes. Like, you have to compete. And th- that's the beauty of powerlifting is that you get a beginner that just learned how to squat bench deadlift six months ago is now doing it semi-efficiently with the most veterans in the game who are the best in the world at the exact same meet. That's, yeah. the, that's the beauty of powerlifting. You don't get that anywhere else. I've played high-level basketball my entire life. I never played against LeBron James. He right. didn't just show up and play with me. Um, but here, that can happen. So I would actually f- flip that, and I hate being the cup half full guy because I hate most of those people, but th- the beauty of it is that you get to lift, compete, and see the best in the game. Right. Um, and if you are a competitive person, truly, and not not optics and not virtue signal, if you're truly a competitive person, that will motivate you to see um, those those big names smash. So I would suggest signing up, and that's not because we make money. We're going to sell at the meet either way. We'd love to, for you to get involved, but if you don't want to get involved, our advice sucks, and I'm sorry. I tried. A, a nightmare scenario would be being invited to a meet, not being able to turn it down, and know you're not going to to win win but even then or do well yeah. or even do well but even like, then you know, i think giant it, face plant even then i think if you're a true competitor and i'm not anymore i i i, I fought my devils and they're gone yeah my demon my competitive demons are gone um even then i'm going right like basketball like getting invited to pro-ams and stuff like i knew i was gonna be the best there there's literally ex-nba guys and six six D one guys everywhere, but I was stoked to fucking go and and show them that I belong there. Yeah, maybe I'm not going to be the best dude on the court, but I'm a damn well try. Um, and so even in that situation, if you are competitive, I think the only way to to do it is is get around like minded humans, and that's why that's why we built Third Street. You know, like jo- we jokingly take uh, uh, credit for Abby's ex- uh, acceleration in her lifting which is 100% a joke is not true but she has made insane gains coming to this gym versus mm-hmm. training at a commercial gym all by herself right. um can you draw a percentage to her just getting stronger her her focus her hard work her genetics um and the environment you can't really break it down but environment plays a role and if you want to get better and you want to be around um the top lifters or you want to be a top lifter you got to be around a top lifter yeah that's absolutely true and Think about, think about the way comedy works. I don't know. It's, it's just because, like, I've been following what Garrett Fear has been doing. But like, you do, you you do uh, an open mic. You have five minutes, and you're yeah, you're up against uh, people who are also just starting. But some of them could be a fuck ton better than you. Yeah. And if you stayed at home, you would never make any progress. Yeah, you won't know either way until you show up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And and what are you going to win? You know, powerlifting, like the trophy, so whatever. Yeah. Like who, who cares? Yeah. And I've so seldom ever seen anybody make a negative comment about a newer lifter and what they were able to no. do. As long as they were giving their best effort and as long as they were following essentially the social norms. Yeah. Of if a, you're not being a, a douchebag. Yeah. If you're not like 
never, ever, ever, ever dump the bar off your back. If you're if you're losing a squat, yeah. It, but and, even that, if you're totally new and you do that versus someone who's even semi uh, veteran and did yeah. that, I'm gonna look at them way different. Yeah. I'm definitely hating the veteran lifter more. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because some of it is just being naive or learning or whatever. Like, yes, don't do that; it can cause injuries. But that being said, like, you just gotta learn and you just gotta show up. Now, I've never seen a negative thing about new lifter out of meat. I've seen negative thing about lifters, but about that's like lifters on, period. Yeah, yeah, that's on the internet or yeah. that's at a commercial gym. It's right. never at gyms like this. Not right. once. Never been a barber brigade. It's never been anywhere like that. Or, or people making fun of or, or anything negative with new people. And social media can be negative, but I can pretty much guarantee that if you do your first meet and you post your lifts on on social media and you're in a well judged meet, yeah, um, so that all of your all of your made lifts are legitimate. All you're going to get is encouragement. Yeah, I agree. You're not going to get people saying, ah, oh, whatever, 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 that would make you feel bad. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I get the intimidation, right? Like, I, I, my first powerlifting experience was at Super Training, and literally world record holders everywhere. Yeah. And I was, you know, 15 years younger than the youngest person besides, like, robot, you know? Yeah. So everyone's super old, super advanced, and I'd just been squatting for two, three years. So I understand the intimidation thing, but the same thing. Like, if I was... Never going to join a powerlifting gym until I'm a world record holder. Yeah, I'm never joining a powerlifting gym. <laughs> like it's just exactly there, there's only there's only one of those. Yeah, you know, I I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't really either. Just because I am competitive or, or used to be, and so like all that I see is challenges. Yeah, you know, I don't want to avoid. If you're competitive, you don't avoid challenges. No, I was talking shit to someone on my Instagram too, like little things like, wow, uh, 115 in the gym or something and i was like yeah man i love it and literally answered like that and he said i'm uh, i'm from roseville which is a suburb near us um i know what those summers are like i was like i I don't come into the gym to do something easy yeah i don't come to the gym to avoid stimulus and hard things right i come to the gym to do something difficult so like and i'm not that guy either that you deadlift and now your brain's changed and now you're you know can conquer anything like yeah forced growth and being uncomfortable is much different than you're choosing. So everyone, because the big claim is like, I'm going to run this marathon because it's hard. And I'm going to take an ice bath because it's hard. And I'm going to go uh, three months, no carbs because it's hard. And three months, no sugar because it's hard. You're choosing all those. Like growth, growth and learning comes from things that are forced upon you. Right. That then you have to overcome. Um is it good to do difficult things? Yeah, I think so. Because then you're playing an inside battle. There's something there. Hey, man, it's 115. I'm still going to get my deadlift in. It's a little more difficult than normal. That's cool. Um, but that's not where like all this deep growth comes from that all these podcasters really are talking about. Um, <laughs> and social media. Yeah, just going crazy. But uh, that being said, like if you want to get better at something, you can't avoid the obstacle. Yeah. That's, exactly. that's literally like the worst thing you could do. Exactly. And the thing about powerlifting too is that <clears throat> like if say you're going to you're a hiker you want to uh, you your idea is to like hike let's say mount shasta which is close to us right made the top level of of mount shasta may or may not be the thing that's for you if you're just getting started right but you can go part way up the hill yeah. and come down right in powerlifting a meet is a meet yeah now not maybe not be a top meet but it's still a meet. Even and that, right? There's not that many like top meets. No. 
right? Like there's and the chances you're accidentally going to fall in fall yeah. into one. Yeah, it's low, really low. Yeah, and even if you did, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah, you're you're just another lifter on the roster. Like yeah. it, it is what it is. Yeah, no one cares. All right, so the bottom line here is if you're thinking about doing a meet, just fucking sign up for the meet. Yeah, just, just do it. Not our our meet, anybody's meet, whatever. Do well, because you never know who's going to shine up. What are you going to do? You're going to go find a meet where everyone's a newbie. Yeah, and you think you're going to shit on them, and then the day before the meet. Someone's going to sign up and whoop your ass. Like, you just have no clue. Then you're just going to stop the day before. Like, you have no clue what's about to happen. Who knows? Don't care. And that is, like, this is probably going to offend some people, too. That's where, like, powerlifting is, like, a hobby and not, like, a sport. Right. You know, in that sense. So, like, just just sign up. Anyone can sign up. Brian Shaw could just say, fuck it. Doing a powerlifting meet and sign up to whatever meet you're going to do. Oh, yeah. Good luck uh, deadlifting them. You're just going to ask for a refund and leave? Like, no. Just, yeah, show up. Yeah. Anything can happen. Uh, have you, have you caught up with the dragons yet? I'm caught up nowhere. I got, no. I, it's because like, I told you, like a lot of the TV time is right before bed. Uh. And so like my brain, I really want to watch Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And so like the concentration to watch, watch isn't happening well at night at night as uh. I'm fading. I watched uh, episode one of Lord of the Rings, episode one, one and a half of Game of Thrones. So and those that's the battle right now, right? Yeah, everyone's saying, "All right, these are both like prequel remakey deals. <clears throat> which one's gonna ruin the entire franchise, and which one's not?" I don't think either one of them is gonna ruin the entire franchise. I can say that without being spoilery. Another thing I can say without being spoilery at all is that uh, the Lord of the Rings world has always been very black and white about good and evil. Yeah, always, always, always. Yeah. Whereas the Game of Thrones world is all about the gray. And, and like it's uh, more real in the sense that people of power just end up being selfish. They're maybe not bad. Yeah. Because you can easily, like, what's her name's fucking nuts? Uh, the queen. Uh, in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Uh, fucking shame, the naked lady. Oh, uh, Cersei. <laughs> Cersei's fucking nuts, right? Uh, yeah. Like, and, she's the only one that you're like, all right, this person is not a good human. She's got a major personality disorder. Yeah. Her son, the older son, whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah, he was just a little he demon, was a, too. just a red ass, man. Yeah. He was but, terrible. But, but even uh, he, I think, is a better uh, example. It's like, you can be like, all right, well, he's 13. Yeah. Right? Like, he's just a little fuckhead. There's other 13s that are fuckheads he, just like him that don't little, wear a crown. He's a little fucking Draco Malfoy. Yeah. He was. yeah. 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 And is Draco like evil? Well, yeah. I, I don't care. Draco's a bad example. I Mostly. Don't, I don't think that the kid, uh, her son, is actually like evil. I think he's a teenager that got the most powerful position on the planet. He's a teenage dirtbag, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a dirtbag, but I don't think he's like evil. And her, yeah, she's fucking her brother. She's obviously has a couple screws loose. Yeah. yeah. But, I, uh, but to your point, I agree that like Game of Thrones. Has a more realistic view of of human nature, yeah. Where the fantasy in Lord of the Rings goes well beyond uh, Mordor's fucking bad. Yeah, there's no good there. Like they're fucking orcs. They just want to kill you because they want to kill you. There's no. Yeah, they don't have any redeeming qualities. No, it's not just, even even Thanos. They're, they're bad people, right? That Thanos wants. He thinks that the world's just gone, and he wants it good. He wants balance. You yeah. know, you can argue Thanos all day isn't bad. Yeah, he just wants to help. Yeah, and I think that, um, like in the Lord of the Rings, there are a few characters that sort of waver back and forth between, you yeah. know, that Frodo, under the influence of the ring, yeah. does selfish shit. Yeah, Gollum. Gollum, for sure. Poor guy. Boromir, I think that's the saddest one. Yeah. Because Boromir did not want to be bad. No, he got caught up. He got caught up. 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah. The ring will get your ass. Yeah, no. Sean Bean, speaking of Game of Thrones, Sean Bean, same guy, yeah. was was um, uh, the Baratheon king who was killed at the beginning of the first season of the original Game of Thrones, spoiler alert. Um, and that it came was out 10 years ago. fucking sad. It was so sad. It was yeah. sad when Boromir died. It was fucking sad when we, when Faramir, his brother, found out that Boromir died yeah. and under the circumstances that he died. It was like, oh my God. It's a sad character, but like that's where the 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 conflict in humanity comes from. But in general, everyone knows what the good is and what the bad yeah. is. Whereas Game of Thrones, mm. even the first episode, they kind of lay that out <clears throat> similar ish. Whereas there's like politics going on, yeah, and people you may not like people, but if you try to put yourself in their shoes, are they like evil? I'm like that? Eh, not really. Yeah. Like the tone we talked about off air, like the tone of both of these in the first episodes hits the mark. So I'd agree with you that there's just no way they like ruin it. Because if you hit the tone, mm-hmm. it could be mediocre writing, it could mm-hmm. be mediocre acting. But as long as you hit the tone, you're you're not going to totally flunk. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because people just want to disappear into another world, and that's that's why I think the biggest critique on The Hobbit is where like the books are similar-ish. Lord of the Rings is a little darker, but the book, The Hobbit's a little dark too. Mm-hmm. And the movies are dark for Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And The Hobbit came out and it felt like a Disney Channel sh- movie. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I liked it still, but I understand why people hate it. It was. I was talking the other day about the um, the Netflix Marvel stuff that yeah, is now yeah, on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Yeah, the tone. It was so much darker. Yeah, the it tone. It was really good. And uh, it's not like, you know, She-Hulk is a, situation comedy you know it's, yeah and a bad one i don't know if it's bad it's just not good there's no sitcom that i want to watch past like the era of seinfeld yeah you you didn't want to see her twerking with uh megan the stallion i didn't see that. i think i watched episode one one half were they on three or four now yeah yeah and i was the last episode post credit sequence last episode i am pretty sad about uh all those shows really yeah and maybe maybe it's just proving that i'm more of a star wars fan <clears throat> than i am a marvel fan but like Obi Wan, we talked about, like it hits the vibe for me. Is it the best yeah. piece of Star Wars ever? No, but does it feel like Star Wars? Yeah, and I so th- I'm in. I think it's going to be Andor. I think that Andor is going to yeah, be. Yeah, which I'm down with too. Yeah. But like, why? Why? Yeah, like you turn on the Hulk, and if you, it's nothing like Avengers. And and the beauty of Marvel is that each character's movie has a different style. Yeah, there is a beauty in that, right? Yeah. Where like, yeah, Doctor Strange is off in this sci-fi fantasy world. And Hulk's in more of this action world or whatever, but um, I don't know if it, Loki was okay. I, I didn't mind Loki, but the Loki rest of was them, fine. Yeah, the rest of them haven't even hit me three percent. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was yeah Marvel meh. Yeah, it was, it was meh. It was like a shitty Marvel movie. Yeah, but at least it felt like Marvel. I guess you yeah. can give it. That. I, mean, I like the characters and I like the actors, but I didn't love the story. Yeah, there's just not a lot of going on. No. Like the beauty also of the big marvel movies is that they are like they tell so much and they all connect Mm -hmm. where these are supposed to fit gaps but some of them seem like meaningless gaps i would agree you know and that's kind of the issue we're like so was obi-wan i guess you could argue right like do we need to know what's going on no but the vibe was so real i was down well i watched a little bit of uh rise of skywalker for the first time in ages last night and it is fucking awful yeah, God, some of those so are bad. pretty bad. It's so bad. Even the vibe oh my with some God, of those. It's so bad. Even some of the vibes of some of those don't even hit Star Wars that well either. Sadly. Yeah. I just don't even know what's going on. So speaking of, of of crazy things in the in the movie world and and uh um stuff that does not impact our lives and is not really important at all, but it's still fun to speculate about. 
Have you seen the thing about um, did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine over the weekend? No. All I heard in this TMZ realm is um, people talking shit on poor Brad Pitt for dating young women or something. There, yeah. Uh, oh, and he broke up with a four-year girlfriend or something. Uh, Brad Pitt or or uh, DiCaprio? Oh, DiCaprio, DiCaprio. DiCaprio, yeah. Doesn't all those da- handsome light brown-haired guys look the same to me? Doesn't doesn't um, date anybody over twenty-five? Yeah, I don't blame him. I might make that rule. Fuck it. <laughs> me and Leo. You know what I did start to dig into on my walks is. Um, the Punisher's podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, not about the Punisher, the dude himself. The actor? Oh, Bernthal? Yeah, Bernthal. Oh, I fucking love Bernthal. You should listen to the podcast. I, I should. So I started seeing clips of uh, Shia, uh, and I guess they're homies from Fury. Yeah, Shia fits into this other thing as well. Oh, dope. Uh, and so I just saw clips on like Instagram and TikTok, and they're like just deep in talk, you know? And one clip was like Shia, like, honestly apologizing in the sense that he's taken full credibility of everything bad that's gone on uh-huh. right like uh there's kind of a me too thing there's a physical thing whatever and i think it was all with the same chick i don't know if it was his assistant or girlfriend at the time or something <laughs> um but it was the first time i've seen and you'll probably have a different take but the first time at least i've seen that an a-list celebrity has just literally said i fucked up not i fucked up but yeah. I fucked up her like nothing. He just said he he literally says the words like I hurt her and I hurt a lot of people. And I'm I'm that's it. And I'm like, "Wow." Like I have always been a shy guy, so like obviously I'm a little bit biased, but um just to hear him say that I'm like, "Dude, no, you know what I mean?" Like even Will Smith can't say I'm sorry for slapping someone. It's always but and if and right, or Right. Right. And like, right. bro, you just slapped a man. Yeah. Your grown man slapped a man. Just say, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. No yeah. explanation. Yeah. Just it like, doesn't have to get that complicated. Mea culpa. And obviously, that's a more fun version of <laughs> the darkerness of Me Too and things. But um, to hear Shia did that, I was like, oh, fuck. So then I, I hopped in uh, to that podcast and I've only got like half an hour in because I do like half an hour walks, but so far, solid. So uh, he got fired from the movie that, uh, that, and, re- and was replaced by by um harry styles in this movie that chris pine is in there's some chicken that fired him or uh, something i saw olivia wilde yeah. was directing yeah it. okay and she said oh no i had to fire him because uh he was so problematic and 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 somebody had a bad experience with him yeah. and so on so on and so on <clears throat> and then he released voicemails of her essentially begging him to stay on the film nice yeah so a little blackmail. Yeah, yeah. So uh who knows how that's going to fall out. Yeah. And it's 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 too deep for me. I'm this is a very sur- superficial thing that probably didn't happen, but people are reacting to the it. Spit. Okay. So here's the Where are we? At an award show? This this is the premiere at a film festival of the movie that they're talking that's about. That's Leo and Olivia? No, that's Chris Pine and I don't know who's next to him. Oh. Maybe I don't know who it is. I know Chris Pine, I think. What's Chris Pine most famous for? He played Captain Kirk in the J.J. Yeah, Abrams the new ones. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars movie. He's also in a movie with Denzel. Is he in Boy Meets World? Oh, I don't think so. Is he in Boy Meets World? I don't know. I think, I so. think so. I think so. Really? I think so, dude. I, I think know. he's in the, the later years of Boy Meets World. Oh, God, I have no idea. I think he's Sean's older stepbrother. Uh, you, it's, or am I way the fuck off? You could be off. See, I'm just gonna have to look that up because I don't, I can't, I can't do that at this at the same time. So he looks a little crazy with that hair. He's well, got a Leo the, thing going this on. This is the thing. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that hair. I like it. 
I think it, it, potentially he's doing it for a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is not a good look. But even his outfit there, he looks like a little newsy or something. Something's going on. And yeah. I like it, but he, he he doesn't look like the pine of Star Trek. No, not at all. So if you see that the seat sitting there uh, has Mr. Styles on it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so watch this. Yeah, they're sitting next to each other in like this auditorium. Styles sits down. What's he wearing? Uh-oh. Okay, that's playing up here. Okay, watch, watch right here. No, well, next, not yet, not yet, not yet. Okay, watch, watch Chris Pine's face as it resets. Watch his face. Oh, <laughs> the, maybe he just hates him. The speculation is, is that he spit him off camera. Is that he spit his gum out on on Chris Pine right there, which is why he's reacting the way he is. Maybe he farted. I, I don't know. That's that looks a, like a fart uh, sit-down reaction. Uh, potentially. I don't know. Olivia's kind of reacting, too, a little bit. Yeah. She's kind of just like the oh, bite that the lip deal. That is Olivia over there. The another possibility is that he did not remember where he kept his sunglasses until that moment. When he picked them up, that's another possibility. I have another... Uh, oh. oh. There's I don't a, know. This is a tight view. I don't think... The spit doesn't ring to me, but something going... Oh. Tight view. It's in slow motion. There isn't necessarily to be anything coming out of his his mouth. Nah. What if they just don't like each other? Are they possibly? I mean, you know what I mean. And and you're like, ah, he's not going to show. We have this much beef or whatever. And then dude creeps up on him, and he's like, fuck, he's here. Maybe, but it could be that face too. But if you're the publicist, you fix that. Yeah, you don't sit him. You throw Olivia between them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. A million views, goddamn. Yeah, exactly. I don't see a spit action, but there's definitely drama going on. Yeah, there's something going on there. Is Chris Pine in there? I'm going to find out who looks like him. There's someone that looks like him back then. Potentially. So this reminded me of another circumstance that actually happened to me that I was filming. Oh, yeah. I know this. This one's really good, though, if it's what I'm thinking. Yeah, this this actually, this is an actually happened thing. So this happened in 2008 at um, the... Fit Expo in L.A. when it was yeah. actually in Pasadena. Yeah, I've seen this. Uh, this is a um, uh, an 859 attempt by um, someone that we used to know. It's 2008. 2008. Freshman in college. And you can see Big Boy Bradshaw lifting off right here, and he drops his gum. Why are we chewing, you know? This is a good question. I guess you got to count one, two, three. We do a little count, especially with geared lifts. Often um, when you're the bencher in a geared uh, lift, you just give a one and the rest will give two, three so you can tighten up, which I've found most raw lifters do the opposite. Most raw lifters, the lifter likes to give you a one, two, three. Um, And that's all dependent on who you train with and what you're used to. But uh, maybe that was it, right? So Mark might have gave him a one. Big boy gave him a two, three, and the gum was just at the tip of your teeth. And yeah, maybe so, but that—that's that's it. Don't chew gum and lift off. That for sure. really happened, and don't do that. Yeah, that just happens in general. I do like to work out with gum. I don't know why. Maybe a basketball thing. But at my school, you weren't allowed to chew gum, so I'd be chewing on like athletic tape and shit. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't that know why. That had to taste good. No, yeah, it tasted like dirt. And then you end up swallowing it mid-play and. That's why I'm fat, probably. All my <laughs> intestines are clogged well, from all the not, tape. You're not fat anymore. I don't know. But it's in there. Now I'm only eating lettuce. But yeah, a lot of tape in my gut, probably. Can't be that healthy. Can't be that bad. No. 
Um, what? Who started the rumor that when you swallow gum, it's in you for 15 years, wherever the fuck? I don't know, but it's stupid because that's not how your intestines work. In the same way- Well, if it did, it would fuck up everything you ate. Yeah. Like your intestines ain't a fucking three-foot pipe. No. If gum's actually just going to get gathered down there for years. Well, what's it going to stick to? Like, how how much can you get gum to stick to- why is, yeah, I was going to say even a the table. The inside of your mouth. Yeah, or even a table. Because the, the, the inside of your gut is not that much different than the inside of your mouth. Gum's actually not that sticky until it hits your shoe for some reason. Like yeah. on your hands, it's not even sticky. Especially if it's somebody else's gum. Yeah, but then on your shoe for some reason, it be, it's like magical. It becomes sticky as fuck just yeah. with your shoe. Yeah. Or your hair. But your hands, it's not that sticky. No. It's not like sticking. A booger's stickier. <laughs> That's true. There is a... So if you swallow your mucus... Oh my God! Who is it that I can't remember who it is? Uh, there's some celebrity or, or politician or whatever who's famous for wiping his booger on the back of a little girl, <laughs> <laughs> like mid fucking. Yes, I don't remember who it is. I don't know. It, yeah, I don't. I just saw it again the other day. What are you gonna do? Yeah, you're gonna flick it to the crowd, or you're just gonna hide it? I'll probably hide it. <laughs> It's like like you might do with like the carpet in your car. Like, okay, I got a problem. I have no yeah, I casual. Just, it's got to go somewhere. It's got to just like, and he just like on the on the back of her. Hopefully, it was his daughter. Her or something. little jumper. No, it was no, just a stranger. It was, it was a stranger. Yeah, that's a little fucked. If you yeah. know him, yeah. a little yeah. prank, a little little bit of a stranger. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about today, um, because we've tried to keep it light so far. Uh, so I mean, that, you're going dark, but that's going on uh, fucking out the window right now. Um, uh, it was Roger Goodell. Oh, Roger nice. Goodell, yes, that's nice. who it was. Yes, he. Why? Why <laughs> just booger on? <laughs> that's not good, Roger. No, that's not a good thing at all. I, 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 I feel bad hearing that, and at the same time. Ned. Oh yeah, right. Not not Baratheon, but Stark. Baratheon. Yeah, Baratheon was his hand. Yes, he, he was Baratheon's hand. Okay. Yeah, Jon Snow's stepdaddy, bastard daddy, stepdad. Yeah, real dad out of a whore. S- stepdad. Oh, because his real dad was Aegon Targaryen. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a big spoiler. Yeah, yeah. That's the big spoiler. Sorry, big spoiler. I swear Game of Thrones came out in like years. 2010, right? Uh, started? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I remember like hearing about it, but it like wasn't a thing until like season four or five. Like the world wasn't going crazy. That's potentially true. Where it happened? There's a lot of shows I started like that and then I didn't finish till the world went crazy. And I liked them, but like, like the, yeah, the public push wasn't as crazy. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, close to. 10. If you had to vote right now, then what's better, the Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones? I know it's early. Oh, if I had to vote right now, um, I would probably say uh, Lord of the Rings because I have a longer standing relationship with the characters. Because oh. the the world, I think, is voting Lord of the Rings too, based on my Twitter and shit. Yeah, not uh, everybody. Well, Elon Musk, who's just shitting on it because he hates Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Politics. Yeah, who cares? But yeah, every everyone I've. Like read, you know, comments or whatever. Most people think that they're both solid, but Lord of the Rings is actually doing it. Yeah, and I, the the criticism of Lord of the Rings I've seen is that the characters are not as engaging 
uh, initially. Yeah. As yeah. There's Lord... not a lot of talking going on, at least in the first episode. Kind of, you know, it's kind of weird. It's a weird yeah. narration. They're just kind of running around. But it is like all the money's on the screen. It's fucking beautiful. No, it is. It looks really good. Um, and I think that I like I would fault some of the CGI in the first episode of uh, of the Game of Thrones spinoff as looking a little bit cheesy. The the dragons don't look as good in the first episode as they look in the second and third episode. Yeah, and you think their budget's probably through the roof, but it, it wasn't until uh, episode one, um, Game of Thrones busted records that they finally they actually announced the season two already. Right, and I'm sure they were waiting for numbers. Yeah, I'm sure that they were too, especially now that the uh, the head of um, of Warner Discovery isn't what it's called now um, that owns HBO. Yeah, the Monopoly. Um, yeah, um, since he th- threw out an entire ninety million dollar Batgirl movie because uh, it was it was a tweener. Yeah, and Batman's not even ripping right now. It was too expensive to be a streamer. And not good enough to be released in theaters. Yeah, and it's—I think that's about the flip flop. Like, I don't think movies are going to die, but like they're trying to do black blockbuster movies on Netflix, and they're failing. Like, I yeah. watched the uh, Mark Wahlberg Kevin Hart. Oh, and I, I don't that hate. Not good. I don't hate Kevin Hart as much as I hate The Rock. Yeah. I actually think Kevin Hart's funny. I don't love his stand up, and I, I don't yeah. love the movies he chooses typically. But like Instagram and stuff, like he makes me laugh. He's kind of like Bart. Yeah. Like Bart, like they just make you laugh. If you're in the room with there, you're gonna laugh. You yeah. know, he's just acting a fool. Um, and I'll watch the movies, obviously. And I'm impartial to Mark Wahlberg. I'm not like a mega fan, but I don't dislike him. But yeah, that movie was trash. But uh, there's a shit ton of money in. It, I bet you know they try to push it, try to make it a blockbustery Netflix deal. Even though I told you the one serious one with Kevin Hart was actually pretty good. Probably like eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays like a comedian. I forgot what it was called. It didn't get as much love as I thought. And I thought it was actually a pretty decent movie. Hmm. Something about Toronto or something. Or maybe he's in Toronto. Yeah, he's kind of like, he plays like a comedian in it, but it's dark. Okay, we'll come back around. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so I cannot keep straight the whole uh, national whatever day, week, month. I can uh, for anything. Yeah, because they layer now like hard donuts or pizza yeah. or beer or there's like International Beer Day and uh, and National Beer Day. I think those are lies. That's why because I think there's more than one. I think you're probably. I right. swear I'll see on Instagram at least two National Donut Days. I'm like, well, we can't have that. Yeah, now you just want to eat donuts because you're fat. Yeah, yeah. It's just an excuse. Yeah, which is like cool when they originally started, and obviously these things pass much further with the internet, right? Yeah. When it used to just be on a calendar. Yeah, whatever, for sure. So I didn't see this was this coming. I didn't know it until today. But I thought you know this would be a good opportunity for us to to talk about it. It is apparently Suicide Prevention Week. Because uh, what July, I August th- is is men's mental health. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I can't keep it straight. I honestly can't. I and, and I I mean, the the reason to 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 jump onto something topical like that is. Um, because it's, you know it can be important content to yeah, to, yeah. to share sp- with people. The whole point is to spread awareness on blah blah yeah, blah, yeah. and something like donut, as simple as that, is to have fun and go yeah, grab right. donuts with your friends. And you you can say it's stupid, but if it gives you an excuse to go see your mom for the first time in a month right. and grab a donut, then I think it's a great thing. Obviously, this is scaled way up, but yeah, if, but if, if if it's a reminder on what the phone number is, or a reminder to text a friend you haven't talked to, or a reminder to meditate yourself a little bit harder to go see go see a therapist. 
then I, I, I don't think anything like this can ever be a negative. No. Obviously, people take advantage of it, um, which I'm not a fan of. So there's a negative there, right? Someone will do something to make money off of it. This is correct. But or, or just, you know, clout. Yeah, butcher it. But at its core, yeah, I don't think there's anything negative. Yeah. We, uh, a few months ago, we had um, our friend, um, 70s Big Mike, on talking about some of these issues. Yeah. And I was looking for um, some a, a way that we haven't covered this before. So I found this article on a, a site that I never heard of before called goodgoodgood.co. That's um, a, a level of repetition I hadn't really thought about before, but I bet that you know when they were putting this together, that was a domain that was available. Uh, <clears throat> I thought that this was in May. I was really thought I really thought that suicide prevention was in May, but it's like maybe mental health that's in May. Uh, this is an article about uh, activities to honor and celebrate suicide prevention month, week, and day. Uh, this, f- their first point is to learn the warning signs of suicide. And I think this is kind of a critical thing. And we might, this might be you know, where we put most of our effort. And then we'll relink this um, uh, or link this episode. And let me just link this article to the episode notes. Uh oh, why is it doing that? Okay, um, and these are these are kind of warning signs. Talking about wanting to die or wanting to kill oneself. Talking about feeling empty, hopeless, or having no reason to live. Talking about feeling trapped or that one has no solutions. Feeling unbearable emotion or physical pain, emotional or physical pain. Talking about being a burden to others withdrawing from family and friends, giving away important possessions, saying goodbye to family and friends, putting affairs in order, such as making a will or arranging uh, home and financial logistics, taking great risks that could lead to death, such as driving extremely fast or using drugs or alcohol more often, uh, displaying extreme mood swings, Making a plan or looking for ways to acquire lethal weapons, stockpiling or purchasing a gun, showing rage or talking about seeking revenge. And I don't know how many of those are absolutely observable by a friend or a family member. Some of those definitely would be. Yeah, I think it depends on how uh, often you see them, right? Because there's hints when you're starting to pay attention, but... Yeah, how many people do you see four times a week? Yeah. Right? Most of us are just caught up in this hamster wheel and we're working or whatever. And so mm-hmm. you don't see cousins or best friends or whatever that often. I think yeah. if you're around them, you can kind of see. But I do think that's rare. Or or even like some of it, I get torn on this too because some of it seems like optics and people want like a pity party and then they'll mm-hmm. get shamed for that. But some of those pity parties are real cry for help. So maybe they're posting it on their social media that mm-hmm. they just bought a gun or maybe they're posting on social media that they just did this and that or um, one of those things. And so I would rather <laughs> probably give someone a pity party just in case than ignore a hint. Yeah, and that's that's a thing that I observe about social media a fair amount. Um, people that – because I'm, I'm a pretty active you know follow-back guy and the amount of time that you see people – 
who are going through some severe emotional thing that lot some you know somebody in their life is is sick or died or their pet died or, you know and I don't mean to diminish that because that's a big deal for you know it can be a very big deal for a yeah. lot of people um or you know just some horrific thing has happened and they they essentially they tell you how sad they are but you don't really understand enough of the situation to be able to help them. Yeah. Well, and you never know how sad. It's kind of like physical pain. Mental pain is the same. Where like, you can have them tell you like scale of one to ten or something, but like you never can read someone else's pain. Right. Right. Is 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 it a two out of ten? And they just uh, that's how they cope. Yeah. Oh, I want to cope with my dog dying. I want to post about him and say my favorite things about him. Or is it a ten out of ten? And you have no clue what to fucking do. So you're throwing red flags on social media. Right. Like the, the from the receiver, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I I have a little bit on this one too. So um, talk about terminology around around suicide. Now, actually, I was reading an article the other day that said that in during the pandemic, suicidality, so like ideation and all the other parts of of suicide, uh, fell among college age people during the pandemic. And I wonder if it's just that so many people were taken out of social interactions that they weren't comfortable with oh maybe yeah or school yeah or school yeah school be making me real sad yeah i I just i wonder about that yeah or feeling trapped yeah there's no no answer to that i wonder how many kids and we hear about it from people that we mentor or know like how many kids are like not actually forced but forced to go to college yeah you know what i mean and so if you're forced to do something yeah then yeah you literally feel trapped right it's not something you want to do and you're stuck there uh, so just in terms of defining terms, suicide is when people harm themselves with the goal of ending their life and, and they die as a result. A suicide attempt is a non-fatal, self-directed, potentially injurious behavior with intent to die as a result of the behavior. A suicide attempt might not result in injury. Experts suggest avoiding terms like failed suicide or successful suicide which perpetrate negative stigmas and suicidal ideation, which is uh, sort of what I was referring to before thinking about considering or planning suicide. Uh, another thing they say is to, to, to use the phrase phrase died by suicide instead of committed suicide. They, they said that suicide is not a crime that one commits. However, in many jurisdictions, attempted suicide is absolutely considered a crime which is something that needs to be fixed. Yeah, that's a weird idea. Yeah. The idea is really weird to me. It always yeah. has been. Yeah, no, I agree because, like, I don't think people should be looking to commit suicide. I think that people should be looking for solutions to their to the situation that's making them feel like they don't want to be alive. However, it just seems like there's an agency issue there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there is for sure. Where if you're if that's where you if that's what you've I don't know I don't want to say it's a, it's not a reasonable decision it's an unreasonable decision but at the same time how you punish somebody for for acting and yeah I mean I don't think they're just getting fucking cuffs on them and treated the same but I don't know by I don't know and and, and it possibly is because sometimes if someone has not been successful in a suicide attempt they will. Um, take them into custody for mental health reasons. That's what I was going to re- say. Retain them for that. It might be a pure law thing where uh, they need that law for them to, uh, for lack of a better term, forcefully help you. Yeah. Otherwise, a lot of things, unless you say, I need help, you could be in your house 
going crazy, literal. Right. Right. And they can't do anything because you're not doing anything illegal. They can't touch you. They can't talk to you. They can't go in your house. But if you do this and it's technically illegal, now they can try to help you. So it might be a the only way in our society that they could do that. Yeah. And I think we've talked about before, like I have never been in a situation where I was actually serious about that, about potentially committing suicide. However, I think that suicidal ideation is something that people pretty commonly engage in. Um, yeah, I think frequency and intensity is what runs a lot of um, the psychological aspects of this whole thing and like what, what it means or how to categorize it. If, you, if you've thought about death or if you've thought about what if I wasn't here, you're probably human. Yeah. If you thought about um, exact ways, um, even a mini plan on how you're going to do it with an intensity of wanting to do it with a semi-normal frequency... Now you probably fit into a different category. Yeah. Uh, another comment that I would make too is that if, I mean, obviously very often it comes out of a sense of hopelessness. Yeah. And like, and if I admit that I'm, that I feel as bad and as, and as screwed up as I, as I do in this moment, then I'm going to be this way forever. And that, um, I'm just going to fall into a different category of people. I'm not going to be a normal person anymore. I'm a person who has like mental health issues. And I don't think that that, I don't think in 2022 that that's where we're living. And I think that uh, very much the goal of, of getting help with mental health issues is eventually being able to handle most everything yourself, like learning the tools to, to, um, to deal with your, anxiety and depression and yeah. and whatever leads you to to that feeling of hopelessness. I think that's what good therapy is. Like yeah. you you're, you're yeah. learning and they're just kind of setting bumpers for you to kind of bounce off of and find your own answers in a way. Like yeah, prescription stuff is a little more A to B answer, but yeah. um, and for some people that's really exactly the thing to do. 100% it's necessary in some cases. Yeah. Um but even just regular therapy, even if you're just kind of sad or you're on a next level or you're dealing with what you think is real depression, like that's it is hard because we're all just stuck in our own brains and no one understands what's what. So like being anxious, you're human. Yeah. Having regular anxiety, probably an issue. Being sad, you're human. Yeah. Being depressed, yes, you're still human. I don't mean that by <laughs> another way, but you, we probably have something to address. There's something to change. When right. you're sad, that's normal. Yeah. It's going to come back. It's going to bounce. You're going to go around. When you're depressed, there's probably something you need to look at. Um, some of the real issues come that, like, if you've ever been truly depressed, uh, answering a text is hard. So even if you do have that homie going back to the 70s mic and mm -hmm. talking about, like, reaching out often, just saying what's up, you know, literally just checking on people. If you're truly depressed, you're not answering that text. It's no, like a, because you're opening a can of worms on somebody. Uh, and, and yourself maybe maybe that or maybe it's just the energy in my yeah. in my experience my energy can't do it it's it's energy to open my phone i literally just can't it, it feels like a dark hole i'm falling down i'm like dude i don't want to fucking deal with this right now not something else to deal with like it feels like my plate's so full that even answering a text is going to shatter my plate yeah and so i won't even like look into it yeah i um like five years ago after spending a lot of time thinking about it finally started seeing somebody and um, and in just this last week, have basically decided that I'm done for a while. Like it was, it was his suggestion, but I was I was also in the same same spot. It's like I think maybe I'm done, at least done for now. Yeah, like I can deal with a lot of a lot of stuff, and I have a um, 
I have a different level of tolerance for for um I guess being aggravated by situations in ways that that cause me to um to get anxious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it's uh come and go. Cuz like it comes and goes as problems arise or you uh um you have new experiences. Yeah. Often then you might need to go back. But if you're having the same experiences all the time and you've got a grasp for yeah. lack of a better term on it, nothing's ever like solved. That's what I think people think. Yeah. It's like you go there and there's a Band-Aid. Well, like, there's not a Band-Aid. There's just like a how do I deal with wounds uh, class. Right. Yeah. And, it's it's like tools yeah. for um, – and it's tools largely for how to think yeah. and then how to react. Yeah, and mostly about you. Yeah. A lot of times people think it's about other folks. And yeah, they play a role. But like, again, the cliche life coach podcaster that I hate, but like you can only control you and how yeah. you react. Yeah. So like if these things are triggering you, the trigger isn't the issue. The reaction's the issue. Yeah. Right. And so how, and maybe not the issue isn't the right word, but the, the, the trigger isn't what we can solve unless you just delete it, which sometimes that's the case. Crazy mm-hmm. wife, crazy boyfriend, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to delete that mm-hmm. and then the issue solved. But sometimes, or the majority of the time, it's how you react and how you, or how you, how you, um, put the flint on that trigger and yeah. then the trigger lights it up. But who's really lighting the flint? It's you, motherfucker. You're the one causing the issue because you are starting it. And then, then they make the flame and you blame the flame. Mm. You're the fucking Kindle, you dumb bitch. You know, fix your shit. Um, and that's all we really can do is, is look inward. I want to shout out another company. I don't want to fuck it up, though. Um, but shout out to Jen Wiederstrom, uh, yeah. a friend of the podcast and a, a very close friend of mine. Um, I think it's called Guardian Revival. Okay. And, and they're doing a lot of stuff along the lines of Mike um, and 70s Big, dealing with um, first responders, military, and I think regular humans as well on kind of the mental health suicide battle. Uh, and I know... Um, Jen texted me a little bit about it and recently they, you know, they did a fundraiser, I think some veterans, uh, literally fucking like biked across the country. Um, oh, wow. yeah, for, for, for different, um, fundraising, uh, activities, et cetera, et cetera. And they have another one going on right now. Um, I think they're doing like a, a, a one mile challenge. And so if you look up guardian one mile challenge on Google, it should, it should pop up. Um, and a similar idea just to raise awareness, um, and collect a little bit of funds so they can help first responders, uh, and veterans and, and suicide, uh, and their, their mental health journey, which we obviously know if, 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 you've been overseas or who knows what. And like you said, like your dog dying versus your husband dying, mm-hmm. uh, it can affect people similar. Yeah. You think automatically, Oh, your husband matters so much more than your dog. Well, like that's to you. And that's your perspective when you're not in it. Um, and I've, I, I use this extreme case to make an example of you can get PTSD from stubbing your fucking toe, you know, like how, how your brain wires things isn't always in our control. And that's why mental health is a thing. And so, um, but that being said, first responders, veterans see some crazy shit that the everyday person doesn't see, and we know how high their uh, suicide rate is. So check out that. Shout out to Jen. I know she's dove, uh, you know, headfirst into some work over there, and that's taken up a lot of her time. But um, shout out to 70s Big Mike. What's the last name? I can't say it. Badalino. Badalino. I should be able to say it. Um, you can probably follow him. I'm sure he still posts something on it here and there. He but. does, yeah. He does. Um, the other thing I'm, I just recently listened to Jason Kander's book, um, silent storm about, um, his battle with PTSD, uh, after being in very stressful situations in Afghanistan with the army, but not actually seeing battle, but he still had PTSD from it and how that affected his life. And like a very smart person and a very tough person still 
essentially had to give up his political life because of the effect that that PTSD had. Yeah, for so, sure. Our brains are. Uh and some doctors say this too, but like our brains are just so different than like who we are and yeah. also who our emotions are. They literally are like computers. So how that thing might take in stimulus from this outer world and reprogram itself to make you feel or think mm-hmm. isn't always like who you are at essence. So right. um, yeah, how strong you are, smart you are, sadly our brains, computers do whatever the fuck they want regardless. Yeah. So bottom line, um, we're going to link these articles and these resources and there's a national suicide hotline with three digits now yeah it is 866 i want to say i was gonna say 988 that's bad maybe i don't know now we just fucked everything up okay we'll just edit this part so (laughs) i don't remember i did see someone just post it i was gonna do that before we got in here but nine eight eight nine eight eight nine eight eight okay so national suicide hotline nine eight eight if you were in the situation where uh you are hopeless and you don't know a way out um that'd be a a good resource to use and if you if you see these signs in someone that you know you can talk to them and uh try to use try to use the resources to to get to communicate to them but also talk to the people in their lives who might actually have more influence than you do and have more ability to get help for that particular person uh, I don't think that all suicides are preventable but I think that some suicides are and everybody that can be saved it's it's worthwhile yeah I think that's a good place to stop um, ladies and gentlemen uh, thanks for listening. Some fun topics, some not fun topics, but that's kind of always how we try to dig in um, to talk about things that we think are important either way. Uh, appreciate you rocking with us, man. Every Wednesday, Friday, brand new episodes. Uh, share with your friends. I'll talk to you guys on Discord if you're in there. Um, and that's it for me. I'm at the Jim McDean, all the shows, social media. This show, 50% facts, where percent is a word and 50 is just numbers. 50% facts is a Spreaker Prime podcast in association with iHeartMedia on the Obscure Celebrity Network. And we'll talk to you all on Friday.